Welcome. You are about to listen to a life-transforming and change-evoking sermon by Pastor Boahima of the Makers House Chapel International, Hope Arena. We know for a fact that you will be blessed. Stay tuned. Father, we give you glory. We give you glory. I don't even have the energy to preach, but I have to. But I want you to take your seat, still in a mood of prayer, and we'll take our... Something is happening here. I can't explain it to you, but something is happening here. If only you will key in and you'll be a part of what we are doing, not a spectator. Like the government is saying, we are not spectators. We are participants. And this morning, if you'll be a participant here, and not just a spectator, something will happen here. You should thank God the Holy Spirit directed your steps into this place today. Because you begin to see things that you, you will wonder how is this possible how is this possible today we are speaking on pull down but build to that is the title of my sermon pull down but build to and i'm trusting the holy spirit will take control the holy spirit will take over and allow us to speak a word into your life a word that will be with you for the rest of your life a word that will bring transformation and direction to you our anchor scriptures, we take them and then we share a small word of prayer and I'll begin. Second Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. That has been our anchor scripture over the last one week as we have gone into light the fire. Second Corinthians 10, verses 4 to 5. I'm sure a lot of you know it by root already. Then we also read Matthew 12. 43 to 45. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. And then we'll finish up with Jeremiah 1, 9 to 10. These are all very popular, well-known scriptures. Um, but I believe that these are ancient words. And every time you hear it, he speaks to you anew concerning what he wants you to know for that, this moment in time. Second Corinthians 10. 4 to 5. It's opening, but as it's opening, I think I have an idea of what is there. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Matthew 12, 43 to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest, and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So it shall also be with this wicked generation. And then let's turn finally to Jeremiah 1, and I'm reading from the ninth verse, I'm reading the ninth and tenth verses. 
Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over kingdoms, to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Father, the entrance of your word brings light. I pray that we will have light this morning. I pray that the light of your word will shine in us. I pray that as I speak, Lord, let this minister to the hearts of your children. The word without power is empty. My prayer is that Holy Spirit, you are the power behind the word. Come right now. Have your way in this place. Let every word that I speak come with the power to break. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide bone and marrow. Father, let this word bring illumination. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. This week we have been looking at pulling down strongholds. And we, we've shared a lot on, on it already, but for the sake of those who haven't been part over the last three days, we try to look at what a stronghold is. Every time we hear about stronghold, the first perception is that it's negative. Because as we grow up in our faith, anytime we hear, oh, there's a stronghold, then it means some demons have put up something and fighting your ancestors from your mother's house, from your father's house. But really, a stronghold is a good thing. A stronghold is any secure edifice, fortified and very strong, to protect it from attack. It's also a cause or a belief that is highly defended or upheld. So anytime a stronghold is mentioned, the first thing that should come into your mind is that the person that has built that stronghold is very wise. Because what they are doing is that they are fortifying their environment to the extent that you cannot come in and attack them. So if I were you, the first thing I'll be asking myself is how can I bring, build a, strong, a stronghold around my life, around my family, around my children? Because without a stronghold, you are vulnerable. You are prey, you can fall prey to any attack of the enemy. And as Jesus said, the sons of darkness have become wiser than the sons of light. So the enemy has taken the stronghold and began to put up strongholds all around us in our lives. We, 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 we went into what strongholds were and we, we realized that it is not only the spiritual strongholds that we have come to know. Yes, there are spiritual strongholds, demonic strongholds, things that have happened Way back in your ancestry, when somebody decided that I'll go and put the whole family under this altar, and, and everything that they did affects you now, it's a stronghold. There are spiritual covens, witchcraft spirits that decide that I'm going to torment somebody's life and put up a spiritual stronghold. But even more critical is the mental stronghold. And that is what Paul was writing about in 2 Corinthians 10. And he said that, you know, the, 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 the physical strongholds are there. The spiritual strongholds are there. And these are the negative strongholds I'm talking about. But even more deadly is the, the, the mental stronghold. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And then he goes on to define what he means by the stronghold. And he says that it is anything... Any high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. That means that anything that you admit into your life, 
that you hold as a stereotype in your life, that you believe for your life, that contradicts the word of God for your life, is a stronghold. So there are many of us walking around, running around, and we are bound by strongholds. And we are facing mental strongholds that don't even allow us to be who God has told us to be. If you are there and you admit all the time that as for me and my family, diabetes is a matter of course. Everybody in this family will get diabetes. Well, that is a stronghold. And mentally, the enemy has told you that this high thing called diabetes, which is contrary to the word of God that says that by his stripes we are healed. Therefore, I can have healing even if my family has a trace of diabetes. That is a stronghold. We looked at many forms of mental strongholds. And some of them are so ingrained that no wonder Paul is insistent that if there's anything that we have to fight, it is a stronghold that holds us, that holds our minds. Some of them we looked at. The stronghold of the fear of failure. The fear of failure holds people hostage. They don't want to take the next step because they fear they will fail. What if I fail? What if I take, I begin this job or this business and it doesn't go well and, and people will begin to laugh at me? We, we, we looked at it and said that some people are so fearful that they end up in jobs and they stay in there for 30 years, 40 years, and they leave that job and go on pension and, and they, they become miserable. It's a stronghold. The stronghold of the fear of failure, it is so ingrained that sometimes even as believers, we are told that we ought to be bold like lions. We ought to take steps. We ought to take territories. And we chant it. But many of us are cowed in our corner. Afraid to take the next step. Afraid to even to tell people about Jesus. How many of us have you reached a point where you feel that edge, that strong edge to stop and tell somebody about Jesus? But you are afraid. Hey, if I go and they laugh at me or they say I'm a fanatic or I, do, I get there and I get tight-lipped and I don't even know what to say. And the fear of failure is a stronghold. We talked about the, 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 the stronghold of complacency. Many of us get something small in our lives and we think we have arrived. Complacency. Spiritual complacency. We mentioned that many of us start out as children of God, opened up our hearts to the Savior, willing to do anything and everything. And as we mature, we think that some things are below. Leave the evangelism for those ones who have become very zealous, just born again yesterday complacency. We become complacent with our lives. We think that every little blessing that God has given us takes away from us the desire to do more. But you know, it is only when your cup overflows that you can be a blessing to somebody. The stronghold of complacency, it is holding us. We also looked at the stronghold of low self-image. God has made you in his image and in his likeness. He has put himself in you. David actually said it. God, God, who am I? That you are mindful of me. The son of man that you even acknowledge me. Then God said to him, you know what? I have made you just a little lower than Elohim. It means you are God's here on earth. Why would you look at yourself and say, as for me, this is beyond me. Oh, who am I? you say. That is no self-image. And the enemy is using that stronghold to blind a lot of us, to hold us hostage. Anything that exalts itself 
above the knowledge of God for your life. Anything that God has said you will be, if at any point you are telling yourself that I cannot be, that is a stronghold that you need to pull down. Yes, we can pull down the ancestral strongholds that bind us. You can, some people are named after some people. And just by virtue of that linkage, every negative thing on that person rests on you. Some people have had parents release certain words over their lives. Certain words that doesn't inure, and those are the things that we broke this morning. For some of you, some people have released certain words over your life. And those words are spirit and they are life. And they have holding you and they have become strongholds in your life. And in the name of Jesus, we pray this morning and we have pulled down any of those strongholds. Spiritual strongholds, mental strongholds, how do we break them? Bible says that we have overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. We believe that if you want to pull down any stronghold that has ingrained itself in your life, Jesus gave a certain scenario. He says, nobody can enter into the home of a strong man and plunder his goods unless what? He is strong himself. How can you find strength in yourself? You don't have to. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and he shed his blood for you, that blood has power in itself. So all you have to do is to say that I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. Every stronghold in my family, everything that has held me bound, it is broken in the name of Jesus. That is the power of the blood. The word of our testimony. When we begin to declare the things that God has said, and that again for me is the direction that we had this morning. There is power in your tongue. And if you want to pull down strongholds, you cannot be quiet. After you have pleaded the blood, you have to look that thing in the face and speak to it. Jesus says something to them. If you have faith like that of a mustard seed, Faith like that, as small as a mustard seed. You can speak to that mountain. You can do what? Speak to that mountain. You don't have to use physical effort. You don't, that is why Paul is saying the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They, they are not fleshy. They are not things that you can use your strength to fight. But I have put power in your mouth. It says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, I have ordained strength. So you have strength in your mouth. And after you have pulled down with the blood, you are also going to speak and make declarations. So you look at that business and you look at your family life. And, and, and the history of the family is that nobody goes beyond a certain point. You can't do well beyond it. You know, but from today, you look at that business that you're about to do, that, that project that is about to take off, that will make you a millionaire. And you speak to it and say, by the blood of the lamp, and the testimony that I am releasing right now, the testimony of my faith, and that testimony is that I have overcome him already. I am a, a winner. I will win. God is going to give me strength. That is the testimony of your faith. That is the testimony. Many of us are too silent. So people say things over us and they get away with it. What are you doing to speak back at that thing? You need to speak to the mountain. You don't need to go touch the mountain. You don't need to, to, to force the mountain. All you have to do is speak. He has put strength in our mouth, out of the mouth, mouth of babes and sucklings. God has ordained strength. So as a child of God, you have strength in your mouth. 
All you have to do is begin to speak. Speak life. Speak authority. Speak the word of God. But if you don't know the word of God, how do you speak it? Many of us don't read. Many of us don't study. Because when you study your Bible and you don't just gloss over it in a hurry and, and, and read it in the morning because it is a duty. As, or if I don't read it um, uh, and they ask us if I've been doing your quiet time, I won't have anything to say. So I'll just read. No. I'm talking about when you take that logos and you read that logos and it becomes rhema in your life. When you get a until you get a revelation from the word, it is just logos. And I gave them the example of Dr. Oyedepo who said that 35 years ago, I looked at that scripture that said by his stripes I am healed. And I got a revelation that said that if I'm already healed by his stripes, then there is no way I can get sick. And over the last 35 years, I haven't been to a hospital. That is the rumor that I'm talking about. You will take that word and you will look at it and say that I appropriate this word for my life. The truth that not sets you free. It is the knowledge and application of the truth that sets you free. So this morning I'm saying that if you can overcome strongholds, if you can pull them down, forget the pastors. I mean some authorities are higher, of course. They, they spend more time with God, so they know the word of God. more. But you also have power. When Jesus was living and gave the commandment that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel, he added a caveat. And the caveat said that when you go in my name, the blind will see, the dead will rise, you will step on scorpions and they will not hurt you. He was not talking about people that had matured in the faith. He said as long as you believe and you accept me as your Lord and your personal Savior, that same day you have become a new creature. You have taken on the form of God. The power in your mouth has been activated. All that is left for you is to take advantage. We are walking around like many people that have been bequeathed a large amount of money in the bank and the money is sitting there and we live our life as purpose because you know what? We are not taking advantage of that account that has been created for us. The word of God has many things in there. Many things that is able to pull down and to build. But here we are walking around in life. Low self image. Not able to progress not able to move or walking around illnesses in the church people are sick in the church and they can't even understand that if I go to God in prayer in faith little as a mustard seed I will speak to that mountain you are not praying to God to come and heal you why because it's an error and the error is because he has already put the power in your mouth he didn't say come to me and I will speak to that mountain for you he didn't say go to your pastor and let your pastor speak to that mountain for you. He expects that you will wake up in the morning and that colleague that has been tormenting your life in the office who has vowed that until he dies you won't progress. You will look at him and say this mountain, this mountain, this mountain be moved in the name of Jesus because my God has made room for me to prosper because this is my Rehoboth. He will give me room. So who are you to stand in the way of God? But many of us are quiet because we don't understand that even in an economy where everything is not going well, there was a man called Isaac who sold in the land of farming and in that same year he reaped a hundredfold. What are you talking about? What are we doing as believers? These are strongholds that limit us, that doesn't allow us to be who God has called. But that is not the focus of my message this morning. The focus of my message is in Jeremiah. The scripture we read in Jeremiah 10. He says, after you have uprooted, 
and destroyed and pulled down. What are you doing? You leave an empty, nice room. The enemy goes. He walks around the desert for a while. He realizes that mm, Sunday morning on the 30th of April, something happened in Hope Arena. Strongholds were pulled down. Prayers were said. Houses were cleaned. People's minds were being regenerated to be able to walk in authority and faith. Okay, that's nice. I don't have a choice. I have to leave. And then I leave. And the person decides that, well, it's done. I can go home and go and sleep, continue with my life, commit all the sins that I love to commit, uh, come back and ask for grace. For Then he comes back after so many days. The place is still empty because you haven't built any stronghold. And without a stronghold, you are vulnerable. Without a stronghold, anything can attack and get at you. How do we build positive strongholds such that when the enemy comes back, he gets there and he realizes, mm -mm, I can't enter this place. In fact, there's a state in which I left it. <laughs> that state was even okay. But now the person has built strongholds around their lives. I, I mentioned that strongholds are edifices that have been secured. So how do you build and secure strongholds in your life? And that is the crux of my message this morning. Because it is not for a lack of people praying and delivering you or people giving you sermons that change your mind. And we have a lot of that, don't we? It is about how after we have received the message and cleaned house, how are we building strongholds over our lives? The first thing you need to do is that you need to start filling your mind and your life with a word of power, with positive things, with things that will help you to grow. Because your mind is the playground of everything that you do. Mental, physical, anything that you want to do. Somebody says that you cannot even go, your feet can't go where your mind has not been. Everything that we do in this life starts from the mind. And then it goes into our heart. And then Paul says that any sin that you go into, it don't say God tempted you. It is your own lust and desires that led you into the sin. Your mind. How are we fortifying our minds? We live here and all we go and watch is kunkumbagia and read novels that don't edify and listen to songs that only what you are doing is that you are opening up your mind for negatives to come in and as they settle in your mind and settle in your subconscious they begin to grow and build strongholds so from today tell yourself make a commitment to yourself that i am going to feed my mind with the things that will allow my mind to have positive strongholds all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So when as believers we tell you that you can't do this, you can't do that, oh, but you ask them, but say me I mean, nothing happens. I mean, it won't change me in any way. I mean, I won't become like one of them. No. The mistake you are making that you don't understand, and it is so subtle, that I have heard even now that children's cartoons, they have introduced gay 
gay donuts and, and gay sausages or whatever in them. So as subtle as that is, your five-year-old child, your three-year-old child is watching that. And it is going into your laughing. You've watched some before, eh? <laughs> it's going into their subconscious and it is staying there. And it is going to build strongholds. So they grow up and they think there is nothing wrong with that. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. They are also as human as we are. Please begin to reinforce the positive strongholds in your life. And that is where the word of God comes in. Don't treat it like a matter of duty. Don't read your Bible because somebody is asking you to read your Bible. You are reading your Bible because you are telling yourself that I need positive strongholds in my life. I am looking for favor for something. And I read the book of Esther. And I realize that when Esther needed favor, all she did was tell Mordecai that tell them to fast everybody for three days. And then I will go before the king and ask for the favor that I need. And Esther found favor. That is a positive thing you are feeding yourself. You, you read about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah wants to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he says that I said a prayer in my heart before I went to, the, to face the king. And when I went, the king showed me kindness. So that tells you that before you walk into that board meeting to talk about that business, you first have to say a prayer to God and say, Lord, as I enter, go ahead of me. Let favor be my portion. Give me wisdom in a way that, give me discernment so that even the person that is talking to me, I'll be able to discern whether their heart is right or their, somebody, a maid was following Paul and shouting accolades to Paul. Oh, you are the son of the most high. You are an apostle. And if it was us, our heads would become big. Oh, everybody recognizes who you are. But the spirit of discernment was with Paul. And Paul said, stop it. All that you are doing is from the enemy. How are we able to discern people? Sometimes we're walking blind, only for the thing to hit us before we say, hey, no, I wish I knew. The spirit of discernment. If you are reading your word, he says that every gift that the Holy Spirit comes with is accessible to you. You only need to desire that gift. The gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the, the gift of, of encouragement, the gift of everything is available. All you need to do is... So I'm saying that first and foremost, begin to fortify your mind. It is the home and the seat of everything. And if you don't, something else will try and creep in. And once it creeps in, that stronghold, you are reading facts of life. The fact is that every nine out of ten companies that start up will fail. That is a fact. But the truth of God's word is that whatever my hands finds to do, my God will bless it and it will prosper and it will do well. That is the truth that is in his word. So as you fortify yourself with that truth, you are building strongholds. And I was telling them the other time that when you know your word so much, when you know this God so much, sometimes you even sound arrogant. Because when, when they are talking, you, it's like for you, it's just a joke. Your God who is a supplier, he will make sure that you don't go to bed hungry. That God who says that he will open doors, he will open gates and allow you to go to that God who opened doors for Peter to come out of prison without them touching that door, that gate. That same God is able to go ahead of you. Fortify yourself with his word. Be positive. The second thing you need to do 
is that you make room for the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. We started a series on the Holy Spirit that we haven't finished. And when we get to them, I'm sure next week we'll go back to it. And I'll tell you some of the things that you do for the Holy Spirit to decide that I'm too grieved in this place. I can't leave you. I can't forsake you. But I go quiet in your life. How are we enabling our spirit to be able to accommodate the Holy Spirit in our lives? We'll come to that later next week. Speak life. We have already done that this morning. The third thing you do is that you begin to speak life. Speak life. We speak too many negative things. That stronghold of negativity is so ingrained. And, and as we discussed it two days ago, we realized that it's so bad that every time you are going to do something, the first ten thoughts that will cross your mind is negative. Uh, hey, people have done it and failed. What am I going to do? And, and you are asking yourself, why is it that the default position can't be positive? Speak life. Begin to speak what you want to see. Don't just think it in your mind. Because words are spirits and words are life. Especially the words of the one who has been sanctified by the blood. Your words are spirit and they are life. There have been situations where I've gone past certain places and I've, I've said that this building, I'm going to buy it one day. I, I will buy it. I need this. And, and, and some of them have happened. You, you don't even know how it happens. Years down the line, you get an opportunity and, and that building becomes available and you, you, you don't know how it works. Leave that to God to work it out. But begin to speak the things you want to see. Begin to speak over your children. I speak over my daughters. You, they will remain virgins till they, they get married. None of those things that has become fashionable will appeal to them. I speak life over them. I speak what I want to see. And to the glory of God, they are on course. One is almost 18 and she's very much on course. And I believe because I spoke with my mouth. What do you want to see in your life? Where do you want to see your ministry? Where do you want to see your spiritual life? Where do you, maybe you desire that one day you can heal. You can, you, can, you can pray for somebody who tells you that I'm not doing well and the person will see life. Speak it. That is one way to build a stronghold. One way to build a stronghold is to speak to situations. When that situation is getting out of hand, don't just cry. Don't just complain. Don't just nag. Speak to that situation. That wayward child that is refusing to listen to anybody. Wake up one morning and go as they are sleeping in their room and say, you this child. I am taking you over for Christ. You will turn around. Speak into them. Don't complain. Don't snag. Don't moan. Don't, don't cry. Just speak life. Finally, find God. Find God. Nahum 1, seven, seven, Nahum 1 verse 7 says, Lord, the Lord is our stronghold. I, the Lord, I am your stronghold. If you need a stronghold in your life, a stronghold that is stronger than any other stronghold that is external, find God. How well do you know God? How well is God a part of your life? How well do you relate to this God? How are you serving this God? Hey, has this God become a God of convenience for you? You decide to go to church when it's convenient. You decide to evangelize when you feel like. How do you know this God? Is this God some 
like some ATM machine for you. When you are hard up, you are hard pressed, like the firefighters, when you get into trouble, then you, you come looking for this ATM God. Or this God is the God that you know. The God that like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they can say that he is the God of my fathers, the God of my many journeys, the God who has been there in good times and bad times, the God who is my anchor, my strength, my friend, my comforter, the God who is everything to me. How well do you know that? That's a question I will leave you with. That if you don't know this God, if you don't have a personal relationship with this God, if your life is not in tune with this God, then pulling up positive strongholds is going to be a difficult agenda for you. How are you building strongholds in your life? We have pulled them down, but how do you build them? Please find God. Make it your, your dream, your plan, your agenda. Forget everything anybody has said to you. Forget all the niceties that you come to church and you find. For, forget everybody. When you leave here and you go home and you lie in your closet, tell him that, God, I want to know you. Let Paul's prayer be your prayer, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let it be a desire in your spirit that if, if there's anything I want to have, it is you, God. David said that you can take anything away from me. You can take my wealth. You can take my resources. You can take my family. You can take anything. But one thing you should not take away from me is your Holy Spirit. Let it be with me because without it, I am nothing. And this morning, I am telling you that without God, every stronghold that you build will amount to nothing. Because he is the strongest hold that you can have. He is the one who lives in you and he says that because I live in you, I am powerful. You can overcome anything that is external. He that is in you is greater than anything that is outside of you. My message to you this morning is simple. Build strongholds, but find God. Find God in your life. Find God for yourself. Don't depend on other people to find God for you. It's not enough to hear other people's experiences and appropriate them for yourself. It's not enough to sit under somebody's anointing and hear the word. Find God for yourself. Let it be a personal agenda that from today, I am going to find God. I am going to find this God who is able to do anything and everything that I desire to do in this life. And may the God who answers prayer May the God who says that even as much as you want to find me, I will come to you. He says, if you want to draw nigh to me, I, God, I will draw nigh to you. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for you to find him, to come close to him and to seek him. May that God reveal himself to us, even as we live here. And may that God be your stronghold. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous running and they are safe. This morning, my prayer for you is that may God be your stronghold. May God be your stronghold. May He become your stronghold, your anchor in the time of trouble. May this God become for you everything. And even as He comes, He will be a prayer for you. A prayer like in Psalm 91. 
that they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And no weapon, nothing that is planned against your life will stand. Because Father, we give you glory and we thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name, Amen. You just listened to a sermon preached by Pastor Boahima of the Makers House Chapel International, Hope Arena. We hope you were blessed. Thank you for listening. You can also subscribe to Higher Heights, her personal growth and development podcast at www.boahima.com. Oh,